And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. With no interest in the Lord, doing nothing for God. Are you a eunuch in the palace? Are you without seed, without food? Are you without a desire? Are you aimless in the house of God? Don't be a eunuch in the palace. Are you a eunuch in the palace? A man who is not fruitful. No curiosity, no activity. A man with no zeal and no natural love. Oh God, are you a eunuch in the palace? Are you without seed, without fruit? Are you without a desire? Are you aimless in the house of God? Don't be a eunuch in the palace, the palace of the Lord. Eunuchs in the palace. Ah, you're welcome to dance with me. Hey! The zeal of thy house has eaten me up. The zeal of the Lord will perform it. Walk in the zeal of the Lord, just like Jesus. A eunuch has no zeal. Are you a eunuch in the palace? Are you without seed, without fruit? 
Are you without a desire? Are you aimless in the house of God? Don't be a eunuch in the palace, the palace of the Lord. Oh, 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 yeah. Are you without seed, without fruit? Are you without a desire? Are you aimless in the house of God? Don't be a eunuch in the palace, the palace of the Lord, palace of the Lord, palace of the Lord. Are you without seed, without fruit? Are you without a desire? Are you aimless in the house of God? Don't be a eunuch in the palace, the palace of the Lord. Tonight, we are ready to receive from the man of God. I want you, I want you to open up your hearts. I want you to not consider time. All right, this conference isn't about finishing early. If you wanted to, to come to something that finishes early, you should have come to your average Sunday morning service. But we are here on a Friday night in the house of the Lord. And we're here for one reason, to learn about church growth. Our preacher, our pastor is ready to impart unto us how we can grow our churches. And not just that, many aspects about church, how the church can grow, how our ministries can develop and get into new places, how through many means we can use different departments in the church. So you might be sitting here and you might not even be a pastor. This conference is still for you. You will still be affected. If you're in any ministry, if you're a connect group leader, if you're a cell leader, if you in the church generally, this conference is for you. You'll be blessed as you open up your heart to receive the man of God. So let's charge the atmosphere. Let's make some noise. Let's rise to our feet. Our pastor is ready. He's ready to impart to unto us gifts. Clap your hands as we welcome Pastor Chris. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Dear God in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this marvelous opportunity to be catapulted to another level, to go one degree higher in your work. Help us and lead us by your Holy Spirit. May this weekend be a transforming weekend the lives of the pastors that have come here and the lives of every individual church member that we will grow the work of God as you demand of us in your word. Bless us and help us. Give us understanding and open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Beautiful. Now let us look at church growth. Amen. And we want to start 
by the prophecies of church growth. Because in all our doing, uh, get my, my thing there, yes, and then my books also. In all my, uh, in all our trying, we can't do anything without God. Amen. God is the one that gives the growth. One waters, one plants, but God gives the growth. Do you believe that? So we have our part to play, and God has his part to play. It works together. I thank God that we could uh, even host this event here. Maybe that's the reason why I have a little bit of confidence in doing the church growth conference here because I believe not to take advice from unproductive people. People are teaching subjects and then I wonder why were they chosen to teach certain subjects. Because the best way of teaching is by your life, by your example. Isn't that, one, isn't that correct? Yeah, so the prophecies that go out for the end time church is beautiful and I want you to believe in the word of prophecy because how long it might take and how confusing it might seem the word of God will come to pass heaven and earth shall pass but the word of God will come to pass I was thinking about Joshua when I thought about the prophecies I I thought of Joshua who defeated Jericho. And then Joshua said, he he pronounced the curse on Jericho. He said, whoever builds, rebuilds Jericho, may his first son die in the laying of the foundation. And may his second son die at the building of the gates. Now I want to show you uh, the scripture in Kings. We many years later, somebody didn't think that the word of prophecy is true. And he went to go and rebuild the gates. 1 Kings 16, 34. Whatever version, NIV, NLT, doesn't matter. It was during his reign that heal a man from Bethel, rebuild Jericho. Wait, wait, let, let me give you the Give you the verse in Joshua. Go, go to Joshua. Just, just search it there quickly. The verse in Joshua where he, where he curses Jericho. Is it there? And Joshua adjured them at the time saying, Curse be the man before the Lord that rises up and builds the city Jericho. After they, the walls came down, tumbling down. Then he goes away and he turns around and he speaks this word. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn and his youngest shall son. Put it in NLT. They don't understand this King James Version. By the way, there's donuts for sale after the meeting. In case some of you, you, some of you look so sad. I'm just trying to say something. I'm trying to say something that can make you also excited for the... At that time, Joshua invoked this curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the town of Jericho. 
at the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay his foundation. And the cost of his youngest son, he will set up the gates. Now in 1 Kings 16.34, this is many years later. It was during the, his reign that I heal a man from Bethel rebuilt Jericho. When, it, when he laid its foundations, it cost him the life of his oldest son, Abiram. And when he completed it and set up its gates, it cost him the life of his youngest son, Segub. This all happened according to the message from the Lord concerning Jericho by Joshua, the son of Nun. So you see, I'm trying to tell you that the word of God, spoken by the prophet, of course, will come to pass. It can take many moons, many seasons. You might even forget it. But brother, sister, heaven and earth shall pass, but this word shall remain. Amen. So there's a promise of God in the prophetic books about the church that will arise in the last days. Hallelujah. And I've seen glimpses of this promise come to pass. Yes. In Korea, where, where God uh, blessed me to go see, in Nigeria now, it's blossoming. In Ghana, it's blossoming. But I'm not satisfied that we are so far from that promise. And I want us at this weekend to cling to that promise and to cling to that prophetic word that what God is promising to the new Israel, which is us, we will also have it. Amen. We are Gentiles, I'm telling you. But we also want the promise of God. Hallelujah. What is wrong with us? There's many things wrong with us, but we won't go into that now. Amen. But we also want the promises of God. Hallelujah. And I believe, you see, belief is the, is the greatest way that God gave for us His children to receive from Him. Because if it was by any other means, then God could favor you because of your color, because of your salary, because of what? Because of your language. But everyone who believes can tap into something supernatural. Amen. Salvation comes by belief only. So as many as, yeah, he says, for God loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, just believe. So whether you're educated or not educated, whether you have money or no money, whether you're rich or poor, it's given to all of us by this way of belief, the simplest method. So I believe church growth on God's part. There's a part we must play and by God's grace, I will tackle that. But I first want to tell you what God has promised you. Because this is most important. You can, you'll work yourself blue in the face, pastor. If you don't know what God's word is and your place is in the word of God. Hallelujah. We were blessed to listen to Paul and Lynchy last year, Jason and myself. And Pastor Pat was also with us. 
The man has 100,000 members in his church. And he has built a church big enough to seat 100,000. Now this building can seat about 1,300 or 500. So let's say this building 100 times. <laughs> then I'm so, you see these prophecies of the end day end time church is already happening I'm just telling you don't think it's something that must come it's happening I want us to tap into it and if you believe with me you'll see it come to pass in your lifetime there's a pastor there uh there's a pastor that's building a, a church that's going to sit 120,000. It's called the hand of, the church building is called the hand of God. If Bevan can get some of these pictures, I just want to show you church growth and what's happening across the world. This, this, this uh, conference is about church growth. 120,000. There's not a stadium in the world. There's not a soccer stadium that can hold so much people. Then, there it is. You see, every, every, every uh, auditorium there takes 30,000 or 20,000. Then it comes to the middle dome where the stage is going to be. That's another 20. So 20, 20, 20 is 100 plus the other 20 in the center. 1,000 is 120,000. This is Pastor David, Bishop David something. Ayobi, yeah, Ayobi. This is the church in Nigeria. Then, do you have Paula Nenshe's church? That's the dome in Abuja. Uh, so inside, they think it's a joke. Show them a little car. <laughs> Can you show inside? Okay, they're looking for it. Huh? Then David Ayedipo is building the ark. The church is called the ark. It's also 120,000. That's David Ayedipo's church. They are just waiting, I think, for some paperwork to be done. But all the money is already there. He said they're not taking any offerings for this building. The money is already ready. As soon as the government signs some of the legal work, then they will start the construction. That's the, it's called the Ark. 100, Cape Town Stadium, okay, let me, let me explain to you. Cape Town Stadium takes 60,000 people if the whole stadium is full. So two of Cape Town Stadiums is put together here. Now wait a minute, this will shock you. That's one service. That's one setting. That's like one setting. So he has more than one service. Hmm. <laughs> so, so, so if we want to learn church growth, then we must ask these people, what did you do to reach that? That's the type of people you must rub soldiers with. Then Bishop Daguerre Mills, of course, you know. They've just, they've built this uh, churches, but the numbers can't handle it. They now have a, a, a vision for 25,000 
seated in their first love only, right? 25,000 seated, and then I think they have a, they have a new number. Um, they're going to get to it, but they first want 25,000. So what they did, they built, the church is 100 meters long. You know 100 meters when you say, on your marks, get set, it's 100 meters long. <laughs> By, I think, 40 meters wide. It's about longer than this wide. That is their first love. So it's full to capacity. So they built 10 stories uh, block next to Look like an office block, but it's actually not office block. It's overflow rooms. Yeah, so in every floor, there'll be people with big TV screens. So it is Bishop Dag who writes all these books on the church growth. And uh, that's why I'm saying we're learning now from somebody that has been there and done it. Amen. And by God's grace, we have tapped into it. And I want to also say that if, you, if people ask me the little bit that God has blessed me with, how did it come? It's only because I've tapped into a certain source. Are you with me? And uh, if I look at it and I follow closely, then it should get much bigger than what we have now. Amen? But everybody here is at a certain place. We're not all at the same places, all right? So we have a small vision, vision 1000, and then we'll have another vision after that. Whatever pastor is here, you must have your own vision, all right? And your vision is always uh, achievable goals. So if you only have 60 people, first put vision 100 there. Don't yet put vision 1000. And then if you have 120, you say vision 200. Achievable goals. And when you achieve them, then you put the goalpost a little further. Amen? But I want to tell you all that is coming to this conference. I want to encourage you and not to, to, to I don't want you to look at your failures at all. Because the fact that you are here means God is giving you another chance. No, not just you, me also. Because every pastor feels that I could have done better. But don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. The fact that you are here means God is interested in you and God is giving you another chance. Amen. And I want you, I want you to make a mental record of the small inaugural church growth conference that we are starting here today. Yeah, I want you to make a mental note of it. And then you will see how big your churches are going to go. And then others will ask you, so how? Then he will say, come to the church growth conference that Pastor Chris Ross has annually at Zion. This is Dr. Paula Nensha on a Sunday morning. There's the stage there in the right-hand corner. Do you see? And that's the balconies up there. It's like a stadium. It's bigger than a stadium. I think the biggest stadium is in Brazil, the Rio something, the Maracanã. The Maracanã is 80,000 to 90,000 people, I think. This is bigger than the biggest stadium in the world. 
I'm just showing you what is humanly being done on the earth today. And it's the same God that they serve, that we serve. Amen. And I believe that the people here in Delft and in Ravensmith and in Elsie's, they can't go there. It's too far. It's in Nigeria. Number one, they don't have a passport. So the question then is, where must the people go? Because they have people, we also have people. If you do an analysis of your own area, you'll be surprised. I now heard Pastor Charles George say, our, our uh, chairman of the, of the CPF, that Dialf has now a million people, unofficially. So the question to me is then, why don't you have 1,000 people sitting in this church if there's a million people around you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know what else he says. That's your own thing, right? And I don't know what Ravensmith, who's all here? Easter River, Ravensmith, Elsie's, Mitchell's Plain, West Bank. I don't know where are you, West Bank or what. One of your branches is in West Bank, right? I don't know what the totals are. You can check for yourself. It's easy to check. You can just Google it. Then you look at, hey, this is the totals. Why can't I have, say, 100? Say, that's your vision. Say, you have 60. Say, why, why can't I have? Maybe, maybe that must be a big question just in your mind. And I want to tell you, these goals you're going to achieve in this year still. You must have a spiritual approach to this thing. Number one, there's many other factors. And I want to show you that these books, uh, out, of the, out of the books of Bishop Dag, who God has blessed us so mightily, we want to pay honor to this great man, servant of the Lord. Uh, it makes me think I don't have to write books because he's written everything. This is the books concerning church growth. Right? It is one, two, three, four, five. The others might look, this book is not really about church growth. I don't know why they put this one here. This is, this is a great book, like all the books. But this is about how ministries come to an end. This one, how ministries crash. You have to read it. It will warn you. But here are the books on church growth, all right? It is 1,000 micro churches. It's a new book. Church planting is an older book. Church growth is a bestseller. This is a book I'll be talking about a lot. The Double Mega Missionary Church. And this is another classic, The Mega Church. The only problem is that we don't digest this material because it is available. And by really eating it, we should have much more people in our churches. Eating it and doing it. Amen? Now with the availability of the books... You might say, but pastor, 
Why do you still have to teach from the books if we can all just read it? Can I say something? I, I want to say it in another language. And this is the this is what I want to say. <laughs> Read it! Read it! I can put it in your toilet. You won't even read it. And that's the, maybe if we have to point a finger to us is that you've been given the 36 arts of Shaolin, but you didn't apply it. Really. In other words, in one of Bishop's latest teachings, he, say, he, he just explained it in like this. Why don't we have the numbers we are looking for? Simply, we are not serious about the church. And number two, we are too casual. Two things, we are not. And number two, like when somebody, somebody doesn't, interest, doesn't show interest in the church, you, you don't need we are too casual. We go, we, we wish Muslims Eid Mubarak. We say, Zainisa Mwasachi Dani, Zani Daltini. You never once thought of telling them that they're going to go to hell if they don't receive Jesus as a savior. Not once. You are too casual. Eid Mubarak to all my Muslim friends. At any rate, at any rate, I need to come to, and this, this, the few things I'll say today is not just for pastors, all right? It's for everybody. So let me jump into it. Let me just jump into a few prophecies. Then I'm going to tell you all how we're going we're gonna to see what the books teach us, how to make our churches grow. Hallelujah. But let me warn you, oh, well, this is the first part. It's not what to do, but what to believe, all right? Not what to do, but what to believe. Do you want to know what is the most difficult part of church work? The most difficult part of church work is church growth. <laughs> yes. Preaching is not that difficult, pastors. Having conferences is also not too difficult. Being a guest speaker and being invited to preach all over is actually nice. But to grow a church... Hey! Then the pastors would rather come and say, my assignment this week is to serve Pastor Len at the Delft South Church. The assignment next week is to serve Pastor Stan and Sister Jenny, two wonderful ministers that's turning the cape around. My assignment next week is with Pastor Pat Roman, a wonderful apostle of God. And I understand why these people like these roving ministries. Because the hardest thing in church work is church growth. Do you see, Pastor Danny? I mean, you are also a traveling minister, isn't it? 
And you see how nice it is to go to, go to these places. Yay. But to make your own church grow. And I'm not even talking about the building. When we talk about growth, it could, when we say building the church, I'm not just referring to building like this. God blessed us to build, and God will bless you also to build. But when we also speak about building the church, it's building the numbers. Are you with me? Building the stability. Uh-huh. And when you come to that, you almost, you almost can't really be away from your church uh, in the week or on a Sunday because you're busy with the project. Are you listening? So, the churches that we pastor is different because we have, by God's grace, been tapping into this stream of anointing that we found that Bishop Dag uh, is, is actually the forerunner of. All right? So the, the, the traditional idea of the church is one pastor standing in front and everyone sits in the church and listen to him for 30 minutes. And then the service is over. Yeah. When you come in, then you have him 347. is on the board. Him 347, him 549, and him 743. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a church like that just recently for some... A neighborhood watch meeting and I saw those and I thought this is what Bishop talked about. Such a church where the pastor just comes and speaks and you just come for your 40 minutes, your one hour and go home is a boring church. And you know, I, I know that when I'm speaking to you, I'm, they, what we, they call it preaching to the... No, what, what is the right word? They say you, this is the wrong crowd you're preaching to. You see, preaching to the saved already. Because I mean, to come to church on a Friday night is, 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 is good. Yeah, it's good. But those I'm, the, the people I'm talking to is like, if you have the mind that, that you're going to come to uh, this church, or let me talk to be a mind, the others can just take what is good for them. All right? If you, if you come to this church with a mind that you're coming here because Pastor Chris is teaching, Pastor Chris's jokes is nice, he's very handsome, all those things. Listen, listen, listen. And then when you're done, you're going to pack up and go home. You have made a big mistake. I will gladly give you a trick card to some of these pastors in front here. Because that's not our style here. It's not a one hour, one and a half hour, want to rush away. No, 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 no. It's boring. Say boring. We want to do something interesting where everybody can be involved in the church. Everybody must be involved in the church. And you know, I thank God for the young people because we've kind of really get our church in that way. Because I find the older traditions, and you must pray for yourself if you're older than 35, that you, you can adapt because... You have, you have be, some of the people are so stiff and so rigid. They can't, they can't adapt, man. They can't, they hear, but you, you they, they. You see, and I don't, and I'm not, we don't want to chase anybody away, 
But we can't transform our churches to, to suit your liking. Gesang 357-59-408. Oh no. And then hurry up the service because ungodly people are not interested in God. They want to go home. You ain't a kind of feel under pressure. Who is my whole prick? But the men said that you eat something to do. I am perceived it's. Let's do something interesting where everybody can get involved. Second Peter 1:19. We have a sure word of prophecy. Just look at the Second Peter 1:19. Second Peter 1:19. No, I don't want to put it in the King James. I like that sure prophecy. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Where unto you do well that you must take heed, as unto a light that shineth in the dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Hallelujah. People have been prophesying about Cape Town is going to be a great place. Cape Town will have the end time revival. Cape Town. And, 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 and I believe the prophets didn't say just that out of the sucking out of their thumbs. I believe God has, 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 has moved on them to speak such things. And we are in Cape Town. Who do you think must a, a revival fall on? The revival must come through us and with us and we'll be part of it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And when a revival comes, there is there's crowds that come. Many people come. We have a sure word of prophecy that these things will come to pass. Do you believe it? Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1. The prophecy of the Lord's house. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1. Quickly just three prophecies. Then we're going to talk about a little bit what we can do. The word that Isaiah the son saw, verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. If you can put a TV here, it will help, but if not, then it's okay. Maybe the, the leads are not long enough. Amen. Let's read it again. It shall come to pass in the last, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and, and shall be exalted above the hills. This is a scripture maybe you've heard before, but the mountain of the Lord's house speaks of the church and says there are other mountains, but this house will be on top of the mountains. Hallelujah. Because the mountain, mountain speaks of something very great, something majestic. Some years ago, I had Bishop Eddie Eddie here, and we were driving to, I think we went to play golf. And as we're going down the end to, you see the big mountain. We went to Westlake, I don't know where we went to, Mowbray, and we saw the mountain, and he started singing, Don Moen's song. He said, oh, this is why they sing a majestic mountain and your wisdom like the depths of the sea. Lord, you come to me. You see that song of Don Moen? He said, this is the majestic mountains. Big, he said. It's huge. And the Lord's house is seen as something huge and marvelous. The devil has succeeded in breaking down the church using people to criticize pastors, 
to kill the church so that we cannot we can we might look small but i want to tell you the church is a mountain hallelujah and it will be the biggest mountain and the best mountain amen many companies will come and go many organizations will come and go they're just going to try to put the tv here just look at me don't worry about them but the church will remain yeah you know cape town let me tell you something i believe god is changing something in the atmosphere our idea of church for many years i believe yes anywhere where i can see so that i don't have to turn my back all the time and just make a plan without disturbing the crowd listen pastors we are blessed our idea of church is is one way said so i was talking about boring okay yeah. and then even the pentecostals and the charismatics uh, I, i think there's a lot of pride with us a lot of pride is that i i i discovered that when i went to Ghana the first time when i saw churches i said oh my god look at this then i came back to cape town the pastors were the very small churches but very big mouths and i realized something is wrong something is wrong demand prat of your presidentus biskop You see, I, I didn't see humility and I didn't see that. And, and uh, I said, no, Lord, I don't want this. I want that that I saw somewhere. I want the church to fall in love with Jesus again. Amen. I want that notion of we want to stay in the presence of God. That's Psalm 27, and I will delight in the Lord. I will delight myself in the Lord all the days of my life and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Those kind of things we just quote. Ma ons wil net huis toe, ons wil net huis toe. Few minutes on a Sunday we are here. We, we actually, the idea of church is what I'm trying to tell you. That's the first notion that must change. And if I just can convince you tonight that you must have another view of the church. Then you will understand why the church must be bigger. And you will understand why it is your prerogative to bring others into the house of God. Because other things will pass away. Banks will pass away. Companies will pass away. But the church remains. I know many years ago there was a perm bank. Perm. Not perm hairstyle. These pastors will tell you those that are over 50. Do you remember Perm Bank? I think it was orange color. They no longer exist anymore. There were many companies that don't exist anymore. Amla drinks are they still around? Huh? Jy let gaan jy ken nie die nie. Die lorry lyrie die drinks af by jou deur. Die kissie. Ja. Dan next week al los seri empties da. Da bring i very empties. Amla bestaan nie meer nie. Amla bestaan not anymore. 
sperm bank is no longer there. Some airlines is no, SAA is just about disappearing. But when I grew up, my mother took me to a church. And I want to tell you the church of Jesus is still standing. And it's growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm telling you that to tell you this. You must have a different idea about the church. You must have another mindset about the church. Don't want to give you oh, You see, you want to run away from the church so quick. You want, you want to give your life to a bank that's going to disappear? To Mr. Amala, Mr. Parker, it's going to disappear? What else? Wherever you want to give yourself, it's going to go. Your education, once you have education, you can't stay in the area anymore. You're out. This stuff will all go. But the church is a mountain. And it's the greatest mountain on top of the other mountains. It will always be here. And will grow stronger and stronger. Even if you disappear, the church will still be here. And that's very important that we understand. Nothing can close the church down. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. Because the church is going to be in the last days the greatest thing on the earth. It shall be established in the top of the... This is Isaiah the prophet speaking to Israel. We are the new Israel. Amen. And he says, it shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow into it. If you saw those Nigerian churches, you can understand what the scripture means. All nations will flow into it. Hallelujah. And may you also say, all nations will flow into it. Believe it. Your church must be international. Because all nations are coming to you in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. And anyone that's not prepared to be international, you can't be part of the last move of God. You can't just have colored people in your church. You can't just have black people in your church. Must be from all nations. Amen. When I told Bishop Dag I have a Ghanaian pastor, he said to me, you are following me. I said, it's what I've been doing all the time. My pastor is not, I have a few. They're not from this, like where we were now, Cape Town. From another country. Amen. And I want many such people in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I have Zimbabwean pastors here also. I have Ugandan pastors here also. And my Ghanaian pastors, they're pastoring the church now in uh, Johannesburg. One of them is still in Canada. I don't know, she doesn't want to come home. It's too nice there. Oh, they're all listening. So we greet all the people on Facebook, radio, where else? Facebook and radio, you're all welcome. Please apologize for the Afrikaans that I'm speaking. Amen. Verse 2 says, uh, Many people will come and say, is it that? Yeah. So many people go and say, come let us go to the top of the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, 
and we will walk in these paths. For out of Zion, this is Zion here, right? Shall go forth the law, that's the word of God, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You must believe what I'm saying now because you see, you can apply all the strategies that I'm going to try and teach you. Not all, but the few that I'll have a chance to teach you. But if you don't believe in the supernatural help of God, you can't do this. You see, many people, even my wife says, how do we explain to people how we built this thing? We really can't. We thought about it. How did it happen? And just it came, poof, and it was there. Yeah, I don't even, I can't even remember standing there throwing bricks. I, it went so fast. It must be God. It must be, and it must be the prophetic word. That even though it looks like there's no property for us, we can't get to anything, we don't have money, we don't have people that can give us money. No. If God said something, He will perform it. He's not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. And I'm telling you, God is saying the church is the greatest thing in the whole world. Why would you still waste your time with other things? If I'm explaining to you what is the greatest thing in the whole world, why are you not more involved in the church? Why are you not giving more of your time to the church? Why are you not staying here for more minutes and more hours? Why are you not helping your pastor more? If this is the greatest thing, then you can be part of the greatest move and the greatest thing on earth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You shall receive power, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall be my witnesses. Praise the Lord. It's a marvelous prophecy, this one in, 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 in Isaiah. Uh, that says the church is great and the church is here to stay. That's why Satan fights the church. And he's always trying to shut us down. Attacking the leaders, attacking the pastors. Because if he can get the pastor to be scattered, then he has the church and the sheep also scattered. Let me give you one or two more. Zechariah 8 verse 1. Zechariah 8 verse 1. Zechariah 8. And again the word of the Lord came. Verse 2. Let me read this. The Lord. Um, do I have it here? Sorry. Have it here. That says the Lord of hosts. I was jealous for Zion. Zion is the church. Amen. With a great jealousy. And I was jealous for with a great fury. God loves the church. The reason why we are not growing, one of the main reasons is this. We don't have a proper understanding of how precious the church is to God. So we are nonchalantly doing our efforts here and the church can't grow with the little efforts we're putting into it. Are you understanding? Yeah, so here the Bible says that God is so mad about the church. He's jealous. That's like a, a, a lovely jealousy for the work. Amen? Yes. Go on. He says, uh, verse 3, Thus said the Lord, I am returned unto Zion, and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth and the mountain of the Lord. On the, again, the church is seen as a holy mountain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And... Uh, You'll notice here that many people are spoken of. If you read on and on and on, but to save time, I'm not going to read the whole one. Go to Isaiah 60 verse 22. 
I'm just giving you a few prophecies quickly. A little one shall become a thousand. Amen. And a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. Let me also say this. I was with uh, Reverend Elaine, Episcopal sister, and she actually said something to me. She spoke about some of the churches that not, that's of, the, of them that's not growing, you know. And I spoke about my churches, and she said, we have a church in this area, and it's, not, it's a salted land. Like there's no growth there. <laughs> you know, you get some places that's salted land. And I mean, they've got all the strategies, all the things, but that thing's not. Then she said, John Avanzini was a guest speaker at of their churches recently. And he told them, it will take a church 25 years before you really start to see establishment and increase. Yeah. So all of you that's not yet 25 years, you can breathe a sigh of relief. Because John Avanzini was now the guest speaker at First Love. And he said to them, no, in his, in his, he's like a very senior man of God. He said in all his research, you must be at least around for 25 years. It's almost like, let me, let me encourage you this. There comes a time when suddenly, do you see, <clears throat> they circle, they circle, they circle, they circle, they circle, they circle, and then skillock. Suddenly, poof, the breakthrough, the explosion, the growth. And I just told my wife now, I feel the Spirit is saying to me, this thing is so close here for BMI. It's like this, it's like, it's, it's, we're on the edge. We're on the edge. But I'm 20 years already. Not yesterday, 20 years. I didn't give up because I didn't see the members. I didn't see even the strategies I used, the prayers, everything. No, it takes, it takes a bit of a patience. To all you pastors of churches that just want to give up and say, yeah, they don't work me. You've got to stay there. Amen. You see, I'm encouraging you tonight to say the church is the greatest thing on the earth. It's the greatest thing for God. God is jealous about the church, but the nations will come running into it. But you say, Pastor, I don't see it. Just wait. Because it's a sure word of prophecy. God's word will come to pass. You can have small, small successes, but there's going to come a time for an explosion. Your heart must be right. Stay humble. And you're going to see what God is going to do. So get ready for the inflow of people into your church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The little one will become a thousand. Because I was just afraid if I use this word thousand, that some people might think, Vanna, I come. Amen. And a small one will become a strong nation. Who's going to do this? You? Not you? Listen to the verse. I, the Lord. I, the Lord. I will hasten it in my time. Hallelujah. I will hasten it in his time. PMI, I see a problem coming. You will not see your friend 
in the service because there's too many people. So you will say, meet me after church at the third gate. There. Because I didn't see you amongst the crowd. Or I couldn't meet you because I came to the third service and you were in the first service. But we will see each other tonight at the revival service. Get me by the blue light, the second pillar. Yeah, because... I remind me the day when you get that SMS. I remind me, they say, Pastor, you remember you preach? And my friend said, meet me at the garden gate. Because I, I, I can't see you. I can't see you. Yes. You must believe it. Hallelujah. Arise and shine is in the house. So Isaiah 60 verse 1. Arise and shine for your light has come. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. See, I believe with all my heart and that's why what, what I'm constantly doing is preparing this group for the influx of the people. Get this right, get this right. Don't let people do this. Send this, send it. What? If the crowds are coming. I know the crowds are coming. Because if there's a, if, if Pastor Charles is right, I, the last time we were, we were arguing about 400,000 people unofficially. Now he's talking about a million. It was in the newspaper. Because you have the backyard dwellers and six people in a room. And so they've counted. They times that 400 just by two. So they, on 800,000, they're close to a million. It could be possible. Then what is the reason why we are not full to the brim? And we are going to be full to the brim. Jesus name hallelujah arise and shine your light has come you must get up and start shining if whatever church is here you must start shining amen because as darkness covers the earth and there's surely darkness in South Africa isn't it besides load shedding I'm not talking about load shedding I'm talking about the evil it was never like this before. You can't send your children to the shop. You, 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 they, they, can't, they can't be out late at night. You say, come home, come home, come home. Because now they're even hijacking cars and they're doing all kinds of evil. As darkness cover the earth, you see. This is the time for your light to shine. Huh? Gross darkness, the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, upon thee, upon thee. And the Bible says His glory shall be seen, but the word there is beauty. The Lord's beauty will be seen upon thee. Why? Because you're not involved with other rubbish. You're in the church, man. Your business is church business. Listen, you won't have to do a second business. I tell you, as your churches fill up, 
you will you will be you will get your salary from the church and you will employ more than one pastor that that, that is what the lord had intended for us I, I i don't want to say this too much but we have to come back to the point is why is it not happening maybe we are not serious about this work and we are too we are too casual are too casual but the beauty of the Lord all of you that, that works in the church there's going to be a glory that shines upon you all of you that just want to run out run out run out and you can't you can't come to two services a day you are sick you are spiritually sick I was here this morning I can't come again in the evening you say you love God don't lie to God don't lie to God. The greatest thing is the church. Amen. And as the evil matures, the goodness also matures. The parable said the wheat and the tears grow together. The disciples said, Lord, let us pull out the wheat. He said, no, leave it. Let it also grow. So as evil is growing, there's good seeds also growing. Hallelujah. And you will be part of that good seeds. Receive the prophecy in Jesus' name. And lastly, Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. I will give you pastors according to my own heart. They shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. You will be fed with knowledge and understanding. The pastors will teach you. May we have more teaching pastors. Amen. And I think Pastor Chris Ross shared very well. He explained the message very well. So I think I'm going to ask him to share every day. You know, the Archbishop brought the prophet and I'm also bringing you. <laughs> So you, you, you explained the, the word very nicely to all of us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages of Pastor Chris, tune in to Chris Ross Ministries podcast. Remember, faith cometh by hearing.